0: This is podcast number two in regard to Thursday and the Thursday of Passion Week. We come to the time when Jesus and his disciples have left the upper room and are headed to the Garden of Gethsemane. Now Jesus and the remaining 11 disciples leave that room and begin to walk over the Brook Kidron to the Garden of Gethsemane on the Mount of Olives. It is about a one-mile walk. And while on that walk, Jesus takes the opportunity to teach his disciples further. He talks to them about his relationship to them and its importance, about the opposition that they're going to receive from the world, about the coming of the Holy Spirit, about his resurrection, about prayer. And then finally, he prays for his disciples. Now, I'm just going to be reading this section of scripture and commenting on occasion This is a long passage, so we just want to contemplate what it says during this time. It says in John chapter 15, beginning with verse 1, I am the true vine, and my father is a husbandman. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he purges, that it may bring forth more fruit. You can almost imagine Jesus walking along the way and pointing to a fruit tree along the pathway on which they were going and using it as an illustration for what life in Christ is going to be after he is gone and how God and the Lord Jesus determine whether or not a person is truly in the faith. Do they have fruit? Verse 3, now you are clean through the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me, and I in him, the saying brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. It's pointing out, just like a vine that's attached to the main root Of any plant, that vine cannot survive independent of the root. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it will be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. As the fathers loved me, so I have loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. He's saying, listen, I'm about to go to the cross. And in that, I will be laying down my life for you, my friends. I'm laying down my life that you might have salvation. And that is the kind of love that I want you to have for each other. A self-sacrificial kind of love. Verse 14 says, You are my friends if you do whatsoever I command. Henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant doesn't know what his Lord does. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known to you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. After this dialogue of his about their relationship and love for him, he wants to make them aware that the world is going to oppose them. So in verse 18 of chapter 15 of John, he begins by saying, if the world hate you, You know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of this world, I've chosen you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you. The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours as well. Don't expect anything out of this world more than what I have received. And he is about to go to the cross. Verse 21. But all these things will they do to them for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they had not had sin. But now that they have no cloak for their sin, he that hateth me hateth my father also. If I had not done among them the works which none other man did, they had not had sin. But now have they both seen and hated both me and my father. But this comes to pass that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send to you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeds from the Father, he shall testify of me. And you also shall bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. These things I have spoken to you, that you should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time comes that whoever kills you will think he's doing God's service. And these things will they do to you, because they have not known the Father, nor me. But these things have I told you, that when the time shall come, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said not unto you at the beginning, because I was with you. So he's telling them to expect persecution, to expect that people are going to oppose them, that people are not going to agree with them, that people are not going to accept the message. But in comfort, he reminds them again what he said when they were up in the upper room and they would have the Holy Spirit working in them. Chapter 16, verse 5 says, But now I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you ask me, Where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away, for if I go not away, the Comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to my father and ye see me no more. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it to you. All things that the Father has are mine, therefore said I that he will take of mine and shall show it to you. Now, this is some pretty heavy stuff that he's giving them. Even the promise of a comforter doesn't seem to be much when they don't understand or know that comforter. So then in chapter 16, verse 16, he tells them that there's going to be joy and that there's going to be a resurrection. It says, A little while, and you shall not see me. And again a little while, and you shall see me, because I go to the Father. Then said some of his disciples among themselves, What is this that he says to us, A little while, and you will not see me, and again a little while, and you will see me, because I go to the Father? They said, Therefore, what is this he says, A little while? We cannot tell what he says. Now Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him and said to them, do you inquire among yourselves of what I said a little while and you will not see me? And I get a little while and you shall see me. Verily, verily, I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned to joy. He's describing for them that They will go through intense grief. It's important that they understand he knows that. But he also tells them, after that grief, your sorrow will be turned into joy. After the cross comes the resurrection. Verse 21, a woman when she is in travail has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembers no more the anguish for joy that a man is born in the world. And you now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again and your heart will rejoice and your joy no man takes from you. And Jesus concludes this bunch of promises here with a promise of answered prayer and peace. Verse 23. And in that day you will ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say to you, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he will give to you. Hitherto have you to ask nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. These things I have spoken to you in Proverbs. But the time comes when I shall no more speak to you in Proverbs, but will show you plainly of the Father. It was necessary before the cross that Jesus speak in shrouded terms, not only to the multitude, but to the disciples as well. But after the resurrection, then he could open up to them the scripture and open up to them the meaning behind everything that had been done prior to the cross. Verse 26, at that day you shall ask in my name, and I I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you. For the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came out from God. I came forth from the Father, and am come into the world. Again I leave the world, and go to the Father. His disciples said to him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly, and speakest no proverb. Now are we sure that thou knowest all things, and needest not that any man should ask thee. By this we believe that thou camest forth from God. Verse 31, Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour comes, yea, is now come, that you will be scattered, every man to his own, and will leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is in me. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. At this point in the narrative, it would seem as though they had arrived at the Garden of Gethsemane. And before they enter in and Jesus separates himself from his disciples, he lifts up a prayer for his disciples. And this is what he says. These words spake Jesus I have glorified thee on the earth, I have finished the work which you gave me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they are, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou gave me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst sent me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are mine. And all are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee. Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, And none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world but thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one, as thou Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me I have given them, that they may be one as we are one. I and them and thou and me, that they may be me made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me from the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me. And I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. You know, John tells us a lot of things that Jesus said in the upper room and on the way to the garden. Many of these things that I've read in this podcast were things that the other Gospels didn't include. But the conclusion for today is described in the rest of the Gospels. It says in Matthew chapter 26 at this point, as I said, probably at the edge of the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus says to his disciples, All you shall be offended because of me this night, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am arisen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Well, at this point, Peter answers and says to him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Peter here repeats his pledge of allegiance that he had made before. Then Jesus repeats his prediction, of Peter's denial. Jesus said to him, Verily I say to thee, that this night before the cock crow twice, you will deny me thrice. But Peter spake the more vehemently, and said, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. Well, once they arrived in the garden of Gethsemane, we can imagine that the disciples would have been tired and discouraged and stone-cold quiet. Matthew 26 says, Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and said to the disciples, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he says he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. So he left some disciples further out and took with him three, and then he went on even further into the garden. He withdrew himself from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed, and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it is possible, if thou be willing, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh to his disciples and finds them asleep, and said, Peter, sleepest thou? "'What, could you not watch with me one hour? "'Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. "'The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak.' "'And so he leaves them again the second time "'and separates himself and prays, saying, "'Oh, my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me "'except I drink it, thy will be done.' "'He returned and found them asleep again.' for their eyes were heavy. And he awoke them again, and they didn't know what to answer him. He left them and went away and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Now Luke adds in his gospel that there appeared an angel unto him from heaven that was strengthening him. And being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And Matthew concludes, Then cometh he to his disciples, and found them sleeping for sorrow, and said to them, Sleep on now, and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. After a moment, Jesus returns to them and says, Rise, rise. Let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. Well, we've read a lot today. So let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we can't help but reflect the mood of this time in Passion Week in our own hearts. The disciples were tired. Jesus had spoken many things to them, and all of it was overwhelming. They were emotionally drained because of their failures and predicted failures. It had been a long day of preparation, and now they were out late into the night. We are there with them. But we know that tomorrow is the account of the crucifixion. We know as well that on Sunday... Jesus will rise from the grave. We pray, Lord, that you will strengthen us to remain vigilant in our dedication at this time to remember your sacrifice and your glory during this week. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.